Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, the, the current conditions and outlook are that it's warmer than I thought it would ever be this time of day, and I can't believe we're talking about possible rain where you are. Um, but uh, cloudy conditions tonight continuing through the morning. Wind gusts up to 20 miles an hour. The current temperature, 38 degrees and cloudy. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Uh, an iconic figure in the MIAC is retiring after this year. Mark Hansen is the head basketball coach at Gustavus, but he started there as a player his freshman year, and if somebody would have told him that in 2022 he'd still be done in the black and gold, that would have been overwhelming. Uh, but he announced his retirement as the head coach at the end of this season uh, yesterday, and he joins us now. Coach, thank you for giving us some time. Thanks, Mike. What, what was it like the, the, for you to make, make a decision like this when Gustavus has been you and you've been it? Oh, wow. That's saying a lot. Um, it was a a long process, really, and um, you know, COVID interrupted it in some ways. Um, but I think I saw over the last year to two years that there were things that that I didn't want to keep doing in the job, and and most of that was the the game of recruiting. I could sell Gustavus in my office and any time, but the going to games and, and waiting to talk to kids and, and playing that game was um, becoming time-consuming and and it, it just uh, was a difficult thing to keep doing. And, and I think I also found that I just wasn't coaching at the level that I thought I used to and, and felt like um, our players deserved. Well, how did, who, who recruited you to Gustavus? How did you end up there? Uh, well... I, I took a year off between high school and college. Oh, you did a gap year before a gap year was Volga. Huh? <laughs> Correct. I guess I technically redshirted myself. <laughs> um, I, I made the call um, and just asked if I could talk to the basketball coach, and who was um, Whitey Skoog at the time. And uh, we got together. We chatted. I came over and played pickup ball a couple times, and just felt like the place fit 
Um, and and once once I had connected, then then Whitey, um, I would say, recruited me in in the same manner that uh, most kids would have been recruited at the time. You know, Myra Memorial Fieldhouse is always nice to start somebody that understands Myra Memorial Fieldhouse. It was like a mini Williams arena. We always used to play our high school tournament games there in front of big crowds, and it was like the greatest memories of my life, you know. But explain that because that, that was a true barn, and guys love playing on it because it's a spring in the floor because of that hollow floor. Uh, that's that's very much it. In fact, I I recall being there and, and seeing pictures of uh, or or Bob Erdman or Whitey telling me, um, that the Lakers used to come down there to, yeah. to practice yep. because the floor was so good. Um, you know, it, it certainly didn't match the standards of a, a really cool building now, but at the time it was the place for area schools, especially small schools to be at. And, um, it, uh, had an environment because of being a, a sizable arena and, and put up extra seats and, um, heck, I remember being in school, and and uh, Bird Island was there, and and uh, the place was packed. Yeah, oh yeah. In fact, I played against them once when the team place was packed. When you know, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, you were probably a student there. You'd walk over to the game because, and the atmosphere was just. I mean, it was electric, wasn't it? Because it was so loud. Well, it, it was loud. The the place echoed. Yeah. And, um, and and people were close to the floor. It it was a really a, a fabulous place to to play and watch at the time um but it it so it served its purpose at the time but it's nothing like one center is now you know mark i say a couple weeks ago at a high school game that i was at and uh you were watching and and i was trying to think you know my mind goes to who is he watching and what's he watching for? And I, I don't know if you knew specifically who you were watching that night or if you just knew it was good teams and playing and you found, but, but I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and, and I'm watching this game and there, and there's some good players on the floor and I'm trying to say, okay, if you're, if you're coach Hanson, how do you decide whether or not that skill set's going to translate to Gustavus? And, and if it's maybe a shooting guard or a point guard, if, if that's the best one that you can get that's available, is that a tough process, or does that become easier over the years to, to be able to project? I think it's always a tough process to project simply because what a what a player can be in high school, and, and I'll say especially small schools because their upside can sometimes be um, much greater than you might anticipate because they're not competing the same way to get to a varsity spot. Uh, while they're playing versus, you know, say a 4A school where to to get on the team, you've beaten a, a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that was an interesting night because there's actually uh, one player that had already committed to Gustavus and he was on the team and there was another on that team that we uh, were hoping to uh, entice to come and another on the other team. So it was a, um, a night where it felt more valuable because we were seeing multiple kids. Um, but that's part of the game that I think had become tiresome. That That's what I was saying. I think I can see why, you know, because cause you got it and you figure, try to, and you know, and, and the, it, it, it's not, it's a reality, but the best kids that you recruit, maybe those borderline scholarship kids, right. And they're, and they're waiting to see if they get one. Very much. Yep. If, if we're doing it right, we're, we're talking to kids who, um, who we we think could be at that level and, and hope 
aren't quite. Um, and in the big picture, especially with the transfer portal, you, you, you stay in touch with kids that at least right now might be a scholarship player, but in a year might say, yeah, this isn't working out, and I think I'm going to go back to where, um, and, and I think more often than not, close to home. Yeah. Uh, and so, and we've had some, if you look at our record over the years, some of our best years were years that we had uh, a Division two transfer, and not necessarily our best player, but people that, that brought us up a level from what we would be if we simply went out and got um, good high school area kids. What, you know, um, teaching the game, you get the kids to campus and, and, and now you got them on the court. Is that the most, I've heard some coaches say they enjoy practice more than games. Is teaching, was teaching the game as much fun as anything? It, it was for me um, because games have a um, an outcome um, where the practices are a process and the outcome didn't necessarily give you the, a clear vision of what the process was was actually improving on. Um, and you get a different interaction with your kids during practice than you do uh, during a game. However, without the games, the process, if it was just practice, it, it you don't get to check to see if the process is getting you someplace. But I think the interaction with kids and what, what draws you to them and allows you to be in a position to mentor them in other parts of their lives, um, that happens in practice far more than in games. Um, and um, we can feel good about what happens in practice and not nearly as judged uh, as we are by the sure. outcome of the Mark Hansen is our guest, retiring after 36 years of coaching, either head or assistant at Gustavus, and he was an All-American player there uh, as well. It's a frequent conversation, no matter what level of college you're talking about. The kid comes into the office and says, Coach, I think I should be playing more. Um, A, do you want that kid because you want somebody who wants to play more? And B, is there a canned response? Is there a what that you learn over time? Uh, That, I would say it varies. Um, there have even been times where I said, you know, I agree with you, uh, and, and, um, I'm intending to play more. Um, that's a hard one because, uh, you, you don't want it to look like you're playing them more because they came into your office, Sure, but if, if they're right, then you'd be foolish not to. Um, the reality though, is if they're not playing, um, I might say, I think you could play, but who should you be playing in front of? Mm-hmm. And that's a harder question for them to answer because they're they're actually thinking I'm good enough. Um, where I'm thinking, yeah, you might be good enough, but you're not better than who I'm playing. Yeah. So, for example, if that guy in front of them got hurt, you have all the confidence in the world that you could put them in and they could play. Yep. But there's still no reason to put you in until you know if, if he's available. Correct. And it you'd love to play everybody. But if you play everybody, then nobody's happy. Uh, and you probably don't win very much mm-hmm. um, because I think it's uh, – unless your squad is so um, level, um, the more people you play, the less you play your best players. Mark Hansen, our guest. Mark, Mark I, I got to say, I, I don't know what it is about Gustavus. 
Um, I had a brother that went there, and uh, you know, I, I grew up near there, so I know a lot. But but what is it about the coaches at Gustavus that if you study the history of that school, stay there for such long times? Yourself, Denny Herrera, but Brad Baker comes back home. Uh, to coach baseball there. Peter Haugen's been there now for quite some time. Uh, obviously, if you look at the tennis programs off the charts, in uh, uh, the same with Moose Malmquist, you know, uh, Coach Carroll's been there for a long time now. What is it about Gus Davis that grabs you coaches that you stay there for, for such long periods of time? Well, I can't speak for all the others, but I suspect um, it's uh, an overarching um, feeling of it being a home of, um, you know, the kids sort of get into you. Um, you, you experience them and, and you bring them in and you, you, you mentor them, you work with them, you live and die with them in, in some sense. Um, and, and for me, I, I, I remember looking around saying, you know, where else would I want to want to be I, I was a small town kid and, uh it was a, a place where i could get a fabulous education and um and also play at a what i thought was a high level uh not even understanding that i was gonna go play for a legend in in whitey skoog and two years later play for another legend in bob erdman yeah uh, and and I think I I probably learned from them, and you brought up Moose Malmquist, um, that what you surround yourself with and and how you feel about yourself with them, um, I, I've quite honestly I, I've gotten into the car and not been excited about going recruiting, but I've never gotten up in the morning and um, been disappointed that I was going up to work. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, uh, Bob recruited me when I was in high school, and I remember meeting him, and he had that kind of that almost a Lute Olson look and presence to him where he just, you felt like he was in control. <laughs> yeah, I saw him last night at our game, and I, I know he's aged 30 or 40 yeah. years since then, but he still looks like Lute Olson. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so on Saturday they're going to honor you the last home game when you play Saint Scholastica. You you don't strike me as a real emotional guy. You seem pretty low key. Will, will it hit you? Will it feel like what? Mike, I've cried so much in the last two months. Really? Uh, and 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 really, it's uh, I, I I don't have any question that I've done the right thing. I needed to do it. It was time to have somebody else guide this program. Um, but as I would think about the experiences and the people and the assistant coaches and the administrators, I've just, I've just been lucky. I've, I've loved what I've done and who I've done it with. And the messages I've gotten since make me feel like maybe I did it all right. Isn't that a wonderful feeling, though? Because what you're talking about is living a life without regrets. Very much. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what we all want when we get to the end of, to leave on our own terms and, and say, if I had to do it over again, I'd do the same thing? I would, but I, I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> That's what, luckily, right, in some respects, right? It's just one year at a time, and before you know it. Uh, yeah, being naive is a blessing, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah, my mom told me that often about me. Uh, Mark, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy Saturday as best you can. Congratulations on uh, just a celebrated career. And it's just, uh, it's one of those things where you, go, you know, when you think about the MIAC, you know, Coach Hanson and Gustavus, and it just feels like it's been there forever. And it was always going to be that way, even though we realized people will move on. But congratulations for all that you, you did, accomplished, and, and I think probably most importantly to you, uh, the relationships that you formed along the way. Thank you, Mike, and and uh, I appreciate you letting me on. You bet. Mark Hansen, head coach, Gustavus. You hear it in his voice, couldn't you? Isn't that what we all want, man? Get to the end of this thing and, and you know, the end of a job or whatever it is and say, ah, I'm glad that's what I did with my life. That's it. I, I don't know what's next, but I'm glad I did that for whatever period of time with my life. And... Um, that's one of the greatest wishes or gifts that anybody can have. We'll, we'll set the stage for the Timberwolves in Sacramento when we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, Craig Schreffner. Welcome back. Sports to the Max. Timberwolves playing Sacramento shortly. Trade deadline coming up. Sacramento moved one of their good players today. C.J. McCollum also moved from uh, Portland. Great player. Um, Hammer, as I ascertain this and I look at the Timberwolves roster, I, I, I don't want to see them trade Beverly because I think he's too critical because I assume Russell is going to miss a lot of games and you need somebody like him. His name gets mentioned some. Um, who would you see on the roster as being vulnerable to a trade, the Timberwolves, and, and who would you like to get? You know, I've been looking at the roster the last couple of days trying to figure this out. I don't think I make any trades right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you right now. And unless I mean, unless somebody comes with you, you know, some some idea that we haven't thought of, right? I, I mean, the, rea- the reality is we're probably not going to win the title this year, correct? Correct. And there's no player we can acquire that'll help us win the title this year. Correct. correct? You're, you're not close enough, but no. you can have a good run. But we're in the number seven spot right now, which means we're a playoff team. Yeah, and that'll and, put you against the number two spot, which would be a tough first round match. Well, given they have the playing tournament too, so even if you lose that first game, you still have a way to get back in yeah. as well. Yep. So I, I like the spot the Wolves are in right now. I wouldn't break up this roster. I'd rather just keep the draft pick and just draft somebody next year to build the roster up and just go with what we have. Yeah, I'm with you. I just I, I don't see it. Um, I, I don't see a big upside to it unless somebody says, "Look, this is a guy that's on a, you know he's yeah. a great player and he's got three years left on his contract." You know, I, I don't know who that would be, but some of the needs that they had got filled. When some of these young players played, when the other players mm-hmm. had COVID and injuries. I mean, if we had to fill a need, I'd like to see another body in the front court at the center position yeah. just to give yeah. Town some rest. But I don't know if that player's out there or what it costs to get him. And quite frankly, the way Vanderbilt's playing and Nazaria is a backup player, I'm fine with that. Yeah, but but like another Vanderbilt is yeah, exactly. what you're saying. You know, because yeah. Nas plays a little bit more outside, etc. But but another Vanderbilt, yeah, you could always use one of those guys. You know, you never have enough of those guys. And, and, and they don't need more offense right now, I don't think. No, I think they have plenty of offense as long as Russell stays healthy. They have no problem scoring hoops. Yeah, and I was surprised to see McCollum move today. He's good. Uh, now, where'd he end up? I missed that uh, New Orleans, I believe. New Orleans, really? At least that was that, you know, I, I'm reading, you know, left and right okay. and all the stuff's coming in and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, somebody had said that this is this has happened and, you know, uh, subject to physicals or, what you know, that, some oh, of yes. that stuff. You know? I know what you mean, yes. Yeah, So, but it sounded like. And, and you experienced, again, we talked about your experience in Seattle. You experienced Milwaukee last year as a Bucks fan. I tell you, my back is still sore from standing outside for about two and a half hours watching the game, but it was well worth it because I don't think that I'll ever have in my lifetime ever again. 
That was quite a scene. What did it feel like? Uh, first of all, it was very packed. You know, I tried to get up to the front of the line and everything. They felt the surge of bodies. And I'm like, I better back up here so I didn't get squished and everything. But just watching 6,500 people in one area just cheering the bucks on and everything, it's just one of those memorable things I've been a part of. Boy, you've gotten in on the good stuff, man. Give us a little of that in Minnesota here, man, your teams. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring some stuff over to you guys. I Seattle want to this. and Milwaukee. I mean, just give us one thing. Throw us a bone hammer. Believe me, I want a parade here. I definitely right. want one. I'm hearing you, bud. Thank you for your work tonight. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Always a pleasure, Maxie. The hammer on the board. Up next, the Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings. Tomorrow night, the Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, it's a twofer in uh, California starting the night right here on your home to Timberwolves Basketball. News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t